What is up? We are back. It has been a long three weeks. This is Chris and Keaton. This is Side Stage episode... I forgot. It's like nine or ten. I don't think it's that many. I think it's like five or six. Somewhere between five and ten. <laughs> yeah, man. So we have a lot to talk about. A lot to catch up on um, in this crazy, crazy time we got going on right now. Um but I think first things first, we got to do our power rankings. This episode is going to be top five cereal brands. Number five, go. Well, I'm not going to start with five. I'm just going to throw it out here and we'll make it. I'm saying Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Is that your number one? No, it's just, I think it needs to be top five. Oh. That's all I'm saying. At least starting there. Dude, I, I can. Okay, so I ate so much of that in boot camp. I hate it now. <laughs> But I do like it. I mean, like I used to really like it, so I can I'll throw that in there. Okay, what you feeling? Oh, I'll go with another one. Let's just go hard here. Lucky Charms. Nope. Big fan of Lucky Charms. No, Mm-mm. I used it's, to it's like. It's good, but it's not like eat all around everything but the marshmallows and save them last. Man, those were the best bites. Apparently, now they're selling just marshmallows. I know. I for years I was like, why don't they do this? You know, <laughs> should have been their marketing manager years ago. Okay, are these going to be two different cereals or are they going to be kind of together? Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles. Because that's my two that's all-time tough. favorites. Yeah, because I, I do like Cocoa Pebbles. And I like. And I was going to say, we have to have a fruity cereal on here. Either that or Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops cut my mouth open. Fruity Pebbles are the greatest. Okay. They're so, just so expensive for a tiny <clears throat> box. Okay, I'm, I'm cool with that. Because like, I do like some chocolate cereal, and that's probably the only one that I like is... Well, I mean, there's so much now. By the way, have you seen cereal brands now? Or how much cereal is out there? Dude, I had a Sour Patch Kids cereal one time. Is that not crazy? Yeah, it's I insane. Mean, I will say a huge Reese's fan, but I'm not a Reese's Puffs fan, though. I yeah, I'm don't feel I'm it. the same. Yep. I agree with that. I like, you know what Honey Smacks are? Yeah. With the frog on the thing? Yeah. I really like those, too. Yeah, those are pretty good. I was going to say, it's funny, because I was thinking about, I just went through... Uh, we'll get into this in a few minutes with this uh, whole, you know, nationwide, you know, crazy crap we're going on here and grocery stores not carrying anything. So I went down the cereal brand because I was like, man, or cereal aisle. I was like, man, I got to get some cereal. And there's so much now. It's insane. Like, it's like, yeah. And I bought like these weird like cinnamon roll cereal. I don't even know what I've brand I've seen it those, is. yeah. It's got like cream in them. <laughs> and it is beyond sweet now. They got Pop-Tart cereal. And Pop Tarts are on the other side of the aisle, so I was just like, I don't. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Pop Tarts at all. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm Twister Strew all the way, to be honest with you. If I'm Dude, choosing one of the two, truth, speaky to But uh, all right, so, it's so funny. I saw all these cereals, so I was going to say, I think Frosty Flakes has to be on there. Yep, I agree with the that. The first four to five bites are phenomenal, and then it gets soggy, and you're like, what is going on here? So then you just put some more sugar on it when you're a kid, because why not? And you're like, whoa. I mean, I remember when my dad used to buy some corn flakes. Corn flakes. Yeah. Uh, do you like Honey Nut Cheerios? Put some sugar on that. Honey Nut Cheerios? Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Che- regular Cheerios are butt. <laughs> honey Frosted Nut Cheerios, Cheerios, by the way. I've never had those. Frosted are pretty good, too. Are they? Yeah. All right, so let's... God, all right. This is a lot harder than I thought it would it be. It really is. Was I start thinking about cereals, yeah, I'm like, so oh, God. out there. Because um, even the... I can't remember the name. People can kill me for it. Because I'm actually going back to my childhood when I used to watch cartoons all the time. Because literally every other commercial is cereal, cereal commercial. Cereal, yeah. Um... What is it? It's like wheat looking things or like little wheat squares. Thins? Is that what they're no, called? No, that's a, it's, yeah. that's like a chip. That's my mother's square. Then they have like strawberry flavor. They have oh, frosted um, flavors. Frosted wheats or something like that. Yeah. 
Those are pretty good. Until they all like melted or like dissolved into the bottom <laughs> of the bowl and you're eating mush after that. <laughs> I think almost all cereals ended up doing that though. Yeah, but that one was the <laughs> was worst dirty. about it. it. They were good though. God, man. I'm trying to. All right, dude, we got to rank them because we got to move on. Uh, so, okay. We'll just go with Fruity Pebbles. Front. Number one. Yeah, because I think that's a pretty solid. And the Flintstones, I don't know if they're still on there, but. I think they are. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. So I think that's a pretty. Wait a minute, though. <laughs> what about Cocoa Puffs? Because I remember that being a great chocolate. And dude, we a... didn't even talk about Captain Crunch. This is getting ridiculous. Well, see, Captain Crunch, Cocoa Puffs, and Fruit and Fruit Loops are all three cereals that I I enjoy. Cut your mouth, yeah. But they cut, destroy my mouth. So like, I don't yeah. even buy them because I'm old now and I don't enjoy that. Okay, well, I'm I'm gonna throw in peanut butter Captain Crunch because it's the best peanut butter cereal. I don't know if I've ever, ever had that. My parents didn't let me buy a lot of stuff like that growing up. It's great. Love it. All right, so Fruity Pebbles, number two. I think we can go with, um, I say we do Frosty Flakes. He's Tony the Tiger. Yeah, they're a he's classic, a, yeah, dude. Yeah, he's a boss. So. It's hard to beat Frosty Flakes. Yeah. I'm on Cocoa Pebbles. Yeah, yeah, we'll do Cocoa Pebbles three. Yeah, puts the chocolate. That's a good variety starting off, you know. Um, and then I think Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cause we'll throw that in there. That's all I'll give you that to. one. Just because like I used to love it so much, but now it literally repulses me. But I ate it every single day, three meals a day for eight weeks. So yeah, I can I can see how. Yeah, um, but it is really good though. And this is going to round out number five because we're just making a pretty sweet list. Uh, Raisin Bran, and that's it. For mm-hmm. anyone who's ever like forty five, you know, they love Raisin Bran. So. I actually really like Raisin <laughs> Bran. <laughs> well, there you it's go. It's really good. I do too. It's not bad. Um, yeah, I enjoy it. Okay, okay. So how we do that? Fruity Pebbles, Frosty Flakes, Cocoa Pebbles, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and Raisin Bran. Didn't even think about that one. It's phenomenal. All right. So I actually got a lot of flack about the last one we did for fast food because we didn't put Chick Fil A in there, and I feel like a sinner because I didn't throw the Lord's Chicken in there. <laughs> um, which is nice. We're getting feedback, so that means at least Someone's, one person's listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll take it. Um, so next, okay, we have to do this. I've been listening to it all week, trying to do, I'm trying to, I'm not going to be very eloquent with the way I word the stuff talking about this, but uh, we're going to do an, a quick album review for a band called The Conduit. Um, their new album is called, um, let me, it's a weird name, Abraxas Shrine. Uh, it's, it's different, the name. And the album artwork's a little bit different. Yeah. But uh, they these guys follow us on Twitter. Um, and I reached out. We started talking. And they asked me if I could listen to their album, tell them what I thought. Um, and I think their genre is mathcore. Okay. I don't I don't know what that is. I think it's probably based on composition stuff because they that, that's their strong suit, I thought, was... Composition yeah. and just what the song sounded like. Um, Sorry, my head musically, was musically. Um, I would say that. I don't know. Kind of on our lost the thought there, but um, the vocals. Mm-hmm. I actually got some Chris Cornell vibes, and the only reason why I'm gonna say this is, and this is you know I guess con- you know, constructive criticism to some extent is there was times where I really had a hard time understanding what he was saying. See, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, 
because I did want to bring that up. But I I thought musically solid as a rock. Their guitar players can shred, like, and like I guess you I guess the math core. I could be completely wrong with this, and if you truly know what math core is, hit me up, let me know. But I guess it, like you're saying, composition wise, it's very intricate and very. It has a point with everything. It's everything's yeah. thought out. Uh, Cause you could tell that listening to it. Um, and I will say this album is all over the place. I mean, yep. it, dude, it hit really soft stuff. There's some stuff that was just balls heavy. And then like they fit somewhere in the middle. They kind of hit any facet of music that I could think of, you know? Yeah. But, um, but the album's great. Um, the song Nightshade's really sick. Dawn of Augmentation I really enjoyed. Uh, Tactical Empath or Empath. I don't know how you would say that. I really enjoyed as well. Um, but, I mean, it, the songs, it's 11 songs, but 45 minutes for the album. So, I mean, realistically, you could listen to it 12 times in a day and be okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my only gripe with the album itself and I don't know if it who's responsible I'm guessing it, it's kind of the mix in my opinion the vocal mix um, there were times when he was singing especially that it's like the vocals blended in with the guitars maybe they need to be pushed a little more because it was hard to understand what he was saying yeah and now when I was saying that the dude can sing oh he's and great he, yeah, yeah he's great that and that's what I was talking about the Chris Cornell thing because when I used to listen to even Soundgarden Audio Slave like it sounded like when he sang he just hummed through every word yeah and yeah. enunciated all the words together before ending on like the final word of that sentence that or phrase or whatever or that yeah. phrase so you'd be like well, ja, 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 ham or something like that <laughs> you know and I was just like and that's just the way he sang and then you know in the course a lot of times when he kind of raises pitch up more you can understand it more like um, what's that one nail in my hand like I, yeah. I remember that song but I can't tell you a lick of what the verses were and he kind of gave me that vibe because like the way he sang it was almost like he wasn't stopping to take breaths on this at times yeah. and then like you said maybe something to do with the mixing as well and it kind of had a weird blend um, so a lot of times I had to look up lyrics to try to follow along and and don't get me wrong, I like doing that, but I like looking up lyrics after the 15th time I heard a song because normally when I listen to a song, I'm listening to everything outside of lyrics. I know it's weird. Oh, yeah. I don't listen to lyrics at all the first two or three times I listen to an album. Yeah. And maybe that's also part of it, too. Maybe they don't, I mean, they, they can tell us, but maybe there's not a high concentration in yeah. lyrics for them, you know? Well, it was funny. Like speaking of that, my, my fiance was talking to me the other day. She was like, well, you listen to music differently than I do. I was like, what do you mean? She yeah. said, you listen to music in parts. Like, when you listen to this, I'll tell all the time, like, dude, listen to that sick bass line right there. Man, that is awesome. She has no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm the Not same because way. she doesn't understand music, it's because she said she hears music as one big composition. Yeah. That's it. And so when I listen to stuff, that's why I listen to this album so many times, because I was listening for different nuances. And, I will say the guitar playing was so good. There were times where I, I would be listening for like a bass track or or listen, try to listen just with a drummer, and I'd just get caught off like, 
<laughs> listen to this dude shredding on the guitar, you know. Um, but this it has definitely has a lot going on. Uh, but I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. I've never. Li- I'm. I guess August Burns Red are the closest band that I've ever listened to that is kind of shreddy. I was like this Periphery. Um, I've never really listened to, to them extent. though. Yeah, because they do the clean kind of heavy. Yeah, and uh, I feel like they're very um, composition heavy too. And I, when I'm, I'm composition heavy, the way I'm kind of thinking of it in my head is it's just not like one main riff. Yeah, that goes to your song. It's like fifteen riffs. Yeah, if yeah. that makes any sense. But they're all blending together and they work. Etc. Yeah. You know. So, like I said, my yeah. really only like ever experience listening to music that's real shreddy like that is is like an August Burn Dread, and I like August Burn Dread. Mm. Um, so this was like definitely opened my eyes to some more. I'd like to hear more stuff like that. You know. Mm. Um, but I will say, the album, the artwork, kind of threw me off. It's weird. It's wild, when isn't that, it? Like a goat, and it's got like guns and like. I don't even know. Let me look at it. It is a skeleton of some sort with a ram's head or something right. with a lot of guns around yeah. it. <laughs> and I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. No, but that's cool. I think it's, <laughs> but it's different. I like it. It's yeah. It, it's just, it is different for sure. So, but uh, yeah. So if you uh, guys get the chance, look them up, man. They're they're good. They're very talented, man. Just hit them up. Hit us up. Tell us what you think. Um, but there's that. I've been. I I told them like three weeks ago. Yeah, I would do this review, so I wanted to get that out of the way, and uh, I would like to do more in depth. But we're kind of just throwing this one together too, trying to find some time. But now we got to talk about the world. Not really the world. We're gonna recap first. We got the pleasure of seeing uh, Silverstein on their twentieth anniversary tour, and we got to see Four Years Strong um, yep. on the same tour uh, Wednesday night. Uh, which is rare for us to have do anything on a weekday night, but it was fun, man. I actually didn't go to work the next day because I was lazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, Four Year Strong and Silverstein both put out new albums in the last couple weeks, and they're both fantastic. Um, I'm going to get some flack for this for Silverstein fans out there, but it's my favorite album from them. Now, I didn't listen to them too much when I was younger, though, and I understand it's probably a time and place kind of thing. Cause like I was, we were talking about it, listening to them, you know, back in the day, I say that like, you know, was it 07, 09 yeah. and all that stuff? Like, I don't know. It just sounded very, um, seen almost. Well, that's exactly what it was. And it, every song almost, I don't know. I, I just had that feeling of, or just like, man, all these kind of blend together, you know, nothing's really popping, but the new album, just a song, where are you? I think that's what it's called. Number three on the new album, dude. The way they compile their songs now, which is so much drastically different from their old stuff, like that. I mean, like their older albums, it's just like there was never a guitar being strummed, if that made any sense. Yeah. And if it did take off, it was probably just a clean or an acoustic guitar for a small break slash bridge before coming back in with a heavy, you know, or something along those lines, or a scream or whatever. So it was very almost formulated to an extent. Man, this new one, like I said, they were, you know, using his screams to emphasize on certain parts of the song, which, you know, open it up different to me. Um, just like I said that, where are you? Like, as it starts off and there's parts with no guitar comes with the palm youth comes off. And the, I guess the other guitarist is playing just, you know, off riffs here and there. And it's just like, I don't know. It's pretty sick. And all of that whole album, um, but the saxophone song still getting used to that one. I can't remember well, the see, name I'm, of it, but, 
But they it, go like, I know them still in the stall, but man, they go from almost like generic rock that you would hear on the radio stations, but just with a little bit of that metalcore slash punk slash kind of edge to it, yeah, edge to it. And that's probably some of my favorite songs on there, like Madness, dude. That song's sick, dude. I don't know who Princess Nokia is. I think that's her name, but I'm gonna have to look her up because and it's funny. I watched an interview and he's like, "Yeah, she came in and she, I think they call it spitting or something like that." And she spit the lyrics out. And he's like, "It was awesome, you know." And I'm like, "Dude, it is. That song is great. It's actually the weakest song on the album for me, though, regardless of the saxophone part, because I like that song a lot. The saxophone just takes me out. Well, right it's just it's, I think it's cool because it just it just breaks it up. Cause especially yeah. if you're not really listening, you're just kind of doing something else. Yeah, and then you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there a saxophone playing right now? You know, and pow- all power to him, by the way. I, mean, I think it's cool, man. Yeah, but um, the one I've never heard. Playing. I've never heard a yeah. saxophone in any type of metalcore <laughs> or heart, whatever music. So yeah. But then I was going to say the last song on that album, "Simple Plan," I just that's awesome. I don't. It's just, I don't like it as much as the rest of the album. I know it's weird. I like but, it. I like "Simple Plan" though. So. Yeah, I do like. I mean, I like some "Simple Plan" too, but it, that one just I just didn't hit. It. I mean, it's a great song still. Don't get me wrong. Well, the whole album overall, though, but was great. Great. But the Four Year Strong album. Okay, I've been a Four Year Strong fan really since the beginning. I think I picked them up on their second album, but got in, you know. Is that Rise or Die Trying? I think. No, that's, yeah. Technically, that's their third album. Rise or Die Trying? No, yeah. Sorry, Rise or Die Trying is their first album. No. The one with the superhero stuff on the front. That is Rise or Die Trying. That's technically so. yeah. their third album. Their second album was the all the cover album. Cover album, and then it really must suck. I think that's the album. Enemy, Enemy that's of the just World? for name. What is this? Enemy of the World. That's what is it is. Roger Die yeah. Trying is the first album. You're correct. Um, but, and I've listened to them off and on throughout the years yep. since then, and I've always liked them. I've always liked their style, but there were some times that maybe maybe it was me. Maybe I just wasn't yep. in the zone, in the mental state to enjoy that music at the time or something. But this new album, dude, Brain Pain, it's so good. Oh, yeah. Start to finish, there's not a bad song on the album. Yeah, it's probably my favorite album of the year. I, th- I think so, I mean, so, so far, far it's so definitely far. my favorite album of the year. <laughs> I think it might be the best work Four Year Strong's ever put out. Now, it's funny, though, because when I listen to Four Year Strong, and I, because um, I kind of came late on some of the metalcore stuff, and, and I Four Year Strong's actually kind of. I wouldn't even really consider them metalcore, almost thrash punk, to be well, honest. It's, with it's you, like or more it's like a pop and pop punk, metal punk, yeah. pop metal pop punk. And they play in. <laughs> it's funny because everybody thinks it's like drop C or some yeah. heavy tunings, but literally, I think they even I watched an interview. It's like ninety percent of their songs is just D standard, which is pretty wicked. I put my guitar there the other day, and I was like, dude. Well, I was watching the. I found that same nasty. gear rundown video you were talking about. Yeah, and yet. They're like, oh, we only carry two guitars on tour. It's awesome. <laughs> I was watching a gear rundown for John Mayer last night. You know how many guitars he carries on tour? 15. 40. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> 40 guitars, yeah. dude. That's insane. Right? Is that not? I mean, that's insane. But going back to Four Year Strong, the dudes, by the way, can play extremely well. Yeah. Like, they're phenomenal guitarists. Both of them are. Um, and I think that's kind of the dynamics of the band because they do take, you know, on and off. I like how they, they swap. Yep. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because they like swap the guitars and then they'll swap vocals when they swap guitars. Yeah, that's <laughs> what that's what I'm saying. I think it's like it works, yeah. and it it both of them have two different guitar tones, so you get to hear yep. the same guitar part in a different guitar yep. tone. So it like yep. it says it's a really cool dynamic. And this new album, like I said, they actually play with a different sound. I feel like. Well, see, I like um, this new album because I feel like it it goes back to that 
2009 angsty style because yeah. I, I maybe one of them went through a divorce because that learned to love the last song yeah. on the album it's, well they both have if i'm not mistaken they both have wedding fingers still so really? hey if you hint with like danny o'dwyer and andy is it the other one man dan, guys, dan o'connor dan o'connor <laughs> yeah dan o'dwyer and uh i don't remember anthony name. i think or I andy or something yeah i'd love if them somehow heard this and were like hey let's chat because them dudes are they seem and they put on a phenomenal show um and it's yeah. funny because like when i used to listen to them their older stuff i guess because i did remember it opened up all this for me and then i kind of went back and was trying to find these bands and actually um guitar hero if okay, you're on guitar there, hero they were it really must suck to be whatever yeah you know, it was on guitar hero on um, one of yep. the guitar heroes and i was like man, these guys are pretty good and that kind of opened it up too and i was like, i'm gonna dive into it and when i first listened to it i was like man it kind of sounded it almost fell into the same every song i felt like same sound at first. I was like, man, it's pretty good stuff, but it kind of sounds. And then um, I listened to We All Float Down Here album. And I think it was kind of like their grow up from The Rise or Die Trying, yeah. The Enemy of the World. Um, what's that second album that has Just Drive, one of their singles on it. But it kind of was like almost that grow up sound on that. And a little more maybe defined to some extent. I was like, that's pretty cool. And so I was like, I need to get these guys. And then when I went back and started listening to it again, that's when I started to like hear all the... The nuances of yeah, what their sound started yeah. coming out, coming up more, and I was like, "Man, these guys are actually really, really good." And when the new this year, early this year, when they dropped, was it Brain Pain the first one? Well, they dropped two singles on the same yeah. day. It was Brain Pain and um, talking myself in circles. Yeah, and this sounded so different, and like because they could almost all those albums. I mean, they take off some speed, but they're 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 quick. They're chugging, man. And this one, this new rips. album's fast, yeah, and it was man. very groovy. And I was like, "Dude, what is up?" But it sounded so heavy, like yeah. compared to their post stuff. And I'm assuming they're still probably probably playing in D standard still. They are. Well, that year in Denver, I saw they're still yeah. they're writing their new album and right. No, sorry, I watched another video of them with writing their new album, and it's still in D standard. But shout out for your strong because I love that album, and um, you're talking about the lyric. One thing I really enjoy about them on all of their albums is uh, it's kind of Blink-182 thing, I kind of like to call it. So you listen to a song called like Easy Target by yeah. Blink and the song Go, fast-paced punk rock. Man, and this song's great. Easy Target was more or less about bullying him from my understanding, and then Go was about Mark's mother, I believe, being in an abusive relationship. But I was like 11, 10, you know, it was just fast punk rock and it was phenomenal. I didn't even think about it. And the music really tends to sound more happy, I guess you would say. And the four year strong, you know, all of their music I feel like kind of have that same vibe. Very upbeat. You feel good. Well especially this new album, it's it's real like you said, it's real groovy. Yeah. And it, but then you listen look at the lyrics and you're like, dude, they're just talking about some like what do you call it? Mental um disabilities or mental yeah. illness going on to like you're talking about learn love to lie well i feel like like um, that song specifically i want to highlight it because i mean i've been through a divorce and it sucks it's mm -hmm. not fun um but like in that song you can you can tell that he's not the one that wants the divorce yeah because because the, the song kind of confused me at first because i was like you hear the i don't want to be the one to stay i don't want to be the one that got away and if i'm being honest you'll never get rid of me anyway him yeah. saying like i'm not leaving but then the title yep. of the song is like, if you what well, if you don't want to stay or whatever, you need to learn to love the lie. So yep. you mean you're gonna be lying to yourself that you love me and you want yep. to be with me and you better learn to love yep. it if you want to stay, which is. He said it was deep. 
Yeah, yeah like if you sit and think about it, you're like, and anybody that's been through a breakup that didn't want to be broken up with or whatever, it's one of them. It's like, dude, like it hits like home, you know. And but to hear the song, it's just real upbeat. It makes you just want to tap your feet, bob your head, you know. Then you listen to the lyrics and you're like real depressed, <laughs> like, you know. I, the one that stuck out to me is uh, right now is seventeen. First of all, there's a sick yeah, riff. I love the riff like, yep, that, that, that they're doing in the chorus well, almost. Like, well, that, I know what you're saying, but in 17, the um, the vocal melody mm-hmm. makes you want to be 17 again. You know, that's what, like, that, And that's probably why. Yeah. I think everybody, and we always, growing up, you listen to your parents, it's the best time of your, your life. Yeah. Same thing when I went to college, best time of your life. And you're constantly in your head like, oh, I want to get paid for what I'm doing, you know, this. You don't really think about it, and you really don't embrace it. And if anyone, young listeners out there, I promise you. Now, with that being said, I know there's caveats out there for certain. And I'm not saying that. But, like, dude, if I can go back, heck yeah, I would go back. And that song, it just made me, that's kind of the gist of it is going back, take me back to when it was. Yeah, man. But, like, the show we went to, um, I the Mighty opened. I don't want to be rude if anybody likes that band. I, I don't like them. I, I I don't really necessarily dislike them, but I'm not going to go on my way to listen to them. Yeah. Especially after seeing them live, if it wasn't for their drummer being really good and their vocalist being charismatic, that band would be nothing. He carried that entire show. And that's the second time I've seen them, so. Yeah. But am I, am I right, or what do you think? I, I mean, agree. I mean, to some extent. And it's weird because... When and I haven't listened to albums, this is kind of going back in the memory bank here. I feel like the album is way more chill, yeah, even like when they're trying to hit that hard stuff and then they go live. And I don't know if that's causing certain like if you listen to album, it almost sounds like they're aiming for that indie rock sound, mm-hmm. and then when they're playing live, it's like, no, we're going to be like a you know, just a alternative rock band kind of sound. And I don't know if that's maybe lost in translation when they're live compared mm-hmm. to when they're doing album stuff. I mean, again, they're releasing some new stuff, and I'm going to check it out just to because I mean, don't get me wrong, how many bands you know start off with something know, their first yeah. album being really just their sound, or their first album being the one that's. I mean, there's some bands out there that have phenomenal debut albums, but I'm just saying, like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to write them off yet. Like, I'm not going to say writing them off, but <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not going to like, oh man, let's. Yeah. I like what I'm saying. I'm gonna listen you to know, a new single, listen to a new album when it comes out, and if it's like, oh, wait a minute, then yeah, I'm gonna be like, hey, check these guys out. But if it's something, and like right now, you know, they're not any kind of pull for me on any kind of tour. You know, if I'm gonna go see yeah. a band, it's not like, oh man, Adam Mike is there. I'm gonna go see them right now. And it's like no disrespect. It's just right now, it's just not the sound or if my ear doesn't yeah go towards it. Yeah, but then. Four Year Strong came out, and from the minute they walked on stage to the minute they walked off, it is some of the high. I mean, I've been to countless, countless metal shows, hardcore shows, or shows, period. I don't know if I've ever experienced that consistent of energy. <laughs> I mean, we were dead center in the middle. Uh, they came out, opened up with. Um, it must really it suck. It must really suck, yeah. Yep. And then, I mean, they opened up, and it was just just zero to 100 and it yeah. stayed there until they walked off stage man it was one it was, of the better shows i've ever seen and i think they played between 10 to 14 songs yeah i can't tell you but it seemed like it was only like 30 or 40 minutes and it's it because was they because did. they just they kind of like 
the songs didn't, through, you know, yeah, like, I feel that is my, I guess, kind of gripe, but I also enjoy the, I enjoyed the transitions they wrote between the songs. Yep. Uh, twice they stopped to talk. First time was, I think it's, I think his name's Andy stopped and says, yo, no, sorry. It was Dan the first time. And he's like, yo, what's up? We're four years strong from Worcester, Mass. Yeah. Shout out Worcester, Mass. I'll be there in July. Um, um, but I then, did. you know, they played three or four more songs and then the other guy talked yeah. a little bit and then it was just like, boom. Then I, you, then you heard, yeah. we have two more songs. Like, good <laughs> night, man. Like, I think a lot of it was because of the Silverstein uh, 20 year anniversary because yeah, they, they played needed a million songs a lot. Yeah. So maybe that was just kind of part of it. Like they wanted I'm sure to it was. Because like most of the time when I've seen bands, you know, whomever's coming out pre-headliner, I don't even know what slot that's going to be called. Like their direct support is what it's called. You know, I would say like normally it's an hour, 45 minutes to yeah. an hour. And then the headliner comes on and most shows I've seen 90 minutes to two hours for the headliner. Whereas I think on this show, because of the circumstances and kind of what the tour was based around, I would definitely say it was maybe they were just rushing through it to get through. So just give them a little more time. Yeah. Possibly. Um, by the way, so all these bands, I sit there and I go back and look at their tours they've had, like some of their best. And, you know, and I was looking up some interviews for Your Strong. They toured with Blink. Yeah. And I missed it. And, you know, I'm like, how do I miss this? Like, it's one of my favorite bands. You know, I was younger when Blink, definitely like between before 05, before they their first breakup, because I actually saw Blink only 09, uh, so post 09, after the plane crash and them getting together. I've seen Blink every time since then. Yeah, when Neighborhoods yep. came out, that's the only time I've ever seen them. Yep, I saw them the reunion tour, then I saw them the Neighborhoods tour, and then I've seen them um, twice since then with Matt. So I've seen every time Blinks came because it was one of those things. Um, after actually, you going to see them again? I'll, I'll see them every time because, I mean, it, it, they're definitely one of my favorite bands. Um, yeah, I didn't remember the same way. Um, I'm going to the beach in June. If not, I'd be right there with them with Slipknot. Um, it's just one of those like if they're local, I'm gonna try to give them my support. And don't get me wrong, I went and saw Angels and Airways as well. Um, I would like to see them. You just want to support Tom out there as well, and um, but I guess these just. And first of all, I don't know what tour Four Year Strong was with them because I think 07 was when they kind of became relevant. And then, because they're 08, 09 and the Honda Probably City like tour. when they were like 11 or 12 times. Yeah. When it, when it was kind of a lull. Well, see, this know? one I'm trying to remember because I went and saw them with My Chemical Romance, Blink Ray 2. Yeah. And a band opened up for them prior. And I think it was like Matt and Kim or something like that yeah. was a band that Matt opened and Kim, up. And I, I remember think there that. might have been a band before them that opened up. And I was like, could that have been it? And I just didn't get to in time, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, dang, I really missed out if I did. But um, well, it's we've seen them now because it was like, sick. Same and I'll see with, them again. Yeah, that's true. And I'm really hoping they do something. And they're maybe the headliner, like a fall tour or something. Um, I think it'd be really cool. Like, I would I, like I to think, see them as a headliner. Yeah. Because... Like you say, more of a leveled out show, more of a where they have time to sit around and yep. talk, you know? Yeah. Because that, that's part of the show for me is um, like connecting with the musicians. Exactly. Themselves. I want to feel like yeah. they know I'm there. Yeah. And that, you know. And I know this is really weird. And I don't know if anybody can talk to us about this or write in or tweet us or whatever. We grew up. On Blink and Martin Tom and Travis show was a. <laughs> I think know, that's what's that made was me like to hear them talk. Yeah, and like a lot of the times, like in my head, I mean, I love the songs, but 
that was one of my favorite parts about Blink. Like, I remember one of my favorite, and this was their comeback tour, you know, and Tom, and this is really interesting because I would love to somehow really pick their brains to figure out if this got on Mark's nerves or not. Because I, I really want But Tom sat there for like, I swear it was three minutes. And between the intermission of the song, which is, you know, if you think about it, most bands don't take this long. He was like, you know, talking to the crowd. He's like, hey guys, you want to hear Travis talk? <laughs> and that was the whole like gist. And then he got his mic and he walked over there and he put it up there and Travis really wasn't saying anything. And he's like, come on fans. And they like, cheering him on everybody like screaming real loud. And I can't remember. He said something. And then people just went wild. And then Mark was like, okay, next song. And then like Joe like right into it, you know? So I'm wondering, like, sometimes, like, do you think, like, he's <laughs> getting on his like, nerves, you know? Or Well, that, but I know a lot of that Mark, Tom, and Travis show was rehearsed. And that one, yes. Because there I, was I a, do agree with that. I mean, like, the ones I saw yeah. in recent when they were kind of older. I don't know if maybe, like, it Mark might, wanted Because that to was bed, a little you know? high tension time for them yeah. still. Um, because I went and saw Angels and Airwaves. I can't remember, was it this year or prior year? And Tom had a monologue that was, like, nine minutes with just him and a acoustic guitar, and he played um, multiple boxcar racer angel Airways and Blink song. I seen a video of that, and like you were mentioning, it literally just would like get the crowd in, and of course people like I know mean, they know Tom for years now, and people who seen Angel Airways, they would say something from the crowd, and he would point up, like, "I love you too," you know, or something, and it does make you feel like yeah, you're in. And, I, and I'm just getting long circle back to I think that's why maybe we look more for kind of like just the interaction and breaks between yeah. and you know but who knows but now we'll talk silverstein okay silverstein was one of the first bands that got me into screamo music okay <laughs> yeah screamo you know what i'm saying yeah. uh and oh god i just forgot the name of the song my heroine, my heroine, and um, starts with an S, like my sword and dagger. And, well, that album was the one that was like really got me into it, and uh, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't listen to them really much after that because I kind of quickly just dove headfirst into this and just yep. kind of skimmed over them. And then this new album came out, and I was like, "Dang, dude, these yep. guys, they've grown. They've you know they're good." But seeing them live. They started out with Retrograde, which if you haven't heard that song, is too heavy to be a Silverstein song. Well, that whole but it's album, sick. by the way, um, Retrograde, there's a song there that I love called Ghost on that album. Mm-hmm. Aquamarine, which I did play that one acoustic. Yeah. Um, that whole album was also, I think, one of the, like a process of their grow up, if they want to yeah. call it that. And then I think the new one is like almost a full transition into like... Yeah, they... Yeah, getting there, I guess you would say. Well, you know, these guys, the 20 years, these guys are at least... In yeah. their forties now, dude, they're playing in like A sharp, I think, in some of these. Really? Stuff. Like, there's some low guitar tuning. I was just trying to look it up, and people that are playing like covers and stuff, and <laughs> they get pretty low. <laughs> but yeah, like, so they came out, they played eight or ten songs, and what was cool because they would like, like, hey, this is off. These next two songs are off this album, and these next two songs are off this album, yep. and then this weird transition happened. Like, it was super high energy. It was like way better than I expected. And then this weird transition happened where it went completely dark. Everyone walked off stage, and then the lead singer walks out with just an acoustic, which normally I would be perfectly fine with. But I'd been up since 5.30 that morning. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was about 10 o'clock at night at this time. And I'm like, and it was good. I'm not saying it's not, but it killed my my vibe. Now, because they played too long. He played like 12 songs acoustic. 
just him. I'm like, dude, I don't. But I did like I agree. how they had the keyboard player playing a freaking cello, violin. a violin, and all these other cool instruments. I did enjoy that. Yeah. Because it shows versatility. But then by the time, but then after the acoustic stuff, they played the entire Discovering the Waterfront album from front to back, which is insane. It was so good because that was my favorite album by them. Yeah. Um, but by the time that was, I mean, I remember looking at you thinking, dude, we got to get out of here, bro. I'm tired. <laughs> I got an hour drive home, you know. Uh, and then we were like, after they play My Heroine, we'll go. Yeah, there's some asterisks to this. So, and I'm going to dive into, and I think talking about some of that mood and thing yeah. you're mentioning, because it really did affect me. And I know this is the next part we're going to segue into. Um, first of all, the dude's vocals, phenomenal. And for Silverstein and how he held up so long. Yeah. And okay. doing like back what you guys shows, don't man. know is they're playing their 20th anniversary tour. They're playing honestly 25 or 30 yeah, songs a night. And the fact that, and I understand the acoustic break because he has to have it, I yeah. guarantee it. But the fact, like you're saying, his voice held yeah. up like that now, is amazing. Retro, I think maybe it was retrograde one of the songs or a couple of the songs I did notice either the, the rhythm or other guitars and the would basses, scream. the bass player, they yeah. would take some of the screams. So maybe that is kind of trying to maybe take off of his because when they started playing that first album or the album that you can't remember the name now, the sword and dagger album or whatever it was called. The discovering the waterfront. Discovering the waterfront. He did pretty much all the screams on yeah. that one. So, and then even um, prior to the old songs, like burn it down, which is off their new album with Caleb. Shmo, I can't remember. Shomo. Shomo. Um, he did. Shmo. Yeah, he did his scream portion. Yeah. Um, so he still was doing screams, but the other guys would like fill in. I'm just saying because I know they played. I think the prior night. Yeah, they're too. and yeah. like to be able to play that much and his, I, I thought it held up phenomenal. Oh, his he voice sounded, sounded good. Great. Yeah, great. But now the little asterisk I was saying a caveat with this show and even Silverstein is they came on later, and literally. Between the time Four Year Strong ended and by the time that they came on to play, we were scrolling through our phones, Twitter, like we always do, and the NBA was canceled. Yeah. So, yeah. and then all these mass, I guess, fears and all this from this, the mass what we got to talk about, you know, it was just left and right, just, and regardless of how you feel or how you're strong, like, it did kind of affect me on that show because I was like, man, this person is like three feet over here. What this dude has it. And then like our feet were getting stepped on the whole time. People were like right in our personal space. So it did click. And I'm like, man, yes. yeah, even though yeah. if I don't necessarily how strong I feel or believe about it, like at the same time, like. If I'm going to get it, it's here. And then it affected you know? the show, you know, and like I, it really did to me. And then it got to the point to where like the NHL, because I've been watching a lot of hockey this year, a uh, big fan of the Canes, um, a bunch of jerks. If you're anybody yeah. likes the Kings, you'll know, um, whatnot. And um, like I said, it started coming across the news feeds that it's like, hey, NHLs will be postponed. March Madness is going to be postponed. And then I think like the next day at work, Duke's like, oh, no, we're not competing in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, so they shut then down Kansas the whole tournament. comes in. Yeah. And like, I know we, and then I'm just mentioning all these other, because we're big sports heads as well as, you know, music and whatnot. But it just shows how this virus has affected. Everything. Everything. Like, I wasn't going to talk about it on here, but we got word from our wedding venue that everything's still good to go, but there's still a small chance that I may have to cancel my wedding in two weeks because of this. Yeah, it's insane. And I'm not saying it's not something we need to worry about, but I feel like the hysteria is a little, 
a little more than it needs to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, um, but like, what but, the way this relates to this podcast is that Silverstein tour is canceled now. Yep. We went to the last night of that tour. Uh, the um, yeah, Acacia Strain tour where they had with Chamber is canceled now. You have all these bands yep. canceling their tours or their tours aren't being able to start. or yep. And that's a big hit on these guys' pockets. Exactly. That's their touring. You don't make anything from album sales or streams. Touring and merch sales is where they make their money at. And when they can't do that, yep. these guys can't can't make any money. And so it's... And so, yeah, if you have a favorite band out there, just have support, I would say go buy a t-shirt if yeah, you can. Yeah, for real. And I, um, I wholeheartedly do that. I'm going to buy some... Uh, or vinyl, who knows. something, Just something, you know. To, and I'm not going to buy from Counterparts right now because they're on a break, so they knew they weren't going to be on tour right now. Yeah. I'm not being rude towards them, but I'm going to try to, f- I mean, they're one of the only goes inside their all time favorite bands. I own enough of their stuff, but I'm going to go out and buy something from a band that a smaller, like chamber. I like chamber a lot. Their tour just got canceled. This was one of their first big tours. Yeah. I'm going to go buy some of their stuff. Just, it may only be $10 in their pocket, yeah. but it's something. And I'm going to, um, we came as Romans. I think they had to cancel their tour and their yeah. drummer had a big spill on it about how, um, it was a really good read, and I can't tell you exactly because I mean I read it real quick. I was like, man, that is that is bad. But it showed you more or less the distribution of the funds, mm-hmm. um, how much the venue gets cut, how much manager gets cut, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and how much really hits their pockets. And the yeah, what idea was talking about the virus coming to an end, or not the virus coming to an end, but the virus itself putting an end to the tours and yeah. all the stuff in this time, and how it could really help to be, you know, go buy something from one of your favorite bands, you know, that would have been on tour. Or not even on tour, but like you said, that's probably a more wise decision. Is like and not being rude towards anyone's, but the know. bands that like that they're supposed to be making money right now and yeah. they're not. So I feel like that should be the ones you should support first. But support all your friend, all your yeah. bands. I mean, at all times, like it, these. I love music so much. Music has affected me in a way, like with the Ghost Inside. That band is, I, in my opinion, changed my life, changed me for the better, and some of their lyrical content. They've helped me enough. Like when they got in their accident, I donated some money to that GoFundMe for them because I, if it was my turn. Yeah. And this is one of those times where it is our turn as fans, as, yep. you know, people that love these bands and listen to them every day. And whether you believe it or not, the music you listen to affects you it mentally does. every single day. So. Yeah, I think Four Year Strong's actually released her new album on a cassette. Really? Yeah. That's I kind of cool. want it. I mean, I'll never open it and never listen yeah. to it, but I have a brain pain and those old little plastic clear cassettes, man. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. cool to find, you know. Yeah, do that. Go buy a vinyl or something, you know. A like, t-shirt. Um, but go out, support these bands. They really yeah. need it. Uh, and some of these bands, by the way, if you really and are capable of supporting, um, you can go on like, I know it's weird, but Alter Bridge is when it comes to mind right now, but they'll do like certain things where they'll actually do studio recorded guitars. And they'll sign them, and they'll auction them off. That's cool. Like, they'll just do the guitar. You know, they'll use it in the studio for a song, a track, or whatever it may be. Same thing with, like, drum heads, drumsticks, it, all kinds of stuff like that. And a lot of times, I know it sounds, uh, they're a little more expensive, but it helps because they're getting more of a cut from that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, because like, it's their, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, if you can look for something like that, you know, it's pretty cool. And also, when they come back on tour... Because hopefully this does blow over. Hopefully everything's fine. 
Stay in your house for two weeks. It'll uh, be gone. And I'm actually <laughs> going to try this. I've never done this before, but I am going to try for the next big one. If they're whomever I go see, um, I'm thinking I'm going to try to get a VIP access because you do you're able to give a little more back by doing some of that VIP stuff, meet and greets and pictures and et cetera, you know, things on those along those lines. So I don't know what band that'll be, but I'm thinking about maybe whenever it comes around, you know, try that, meet them, say what's up. What I thought was really cool they did, um, you heard of Code Orange? I have. I've never listened to it. I listened to one song, and it was pretty good, uh, but they're like all the rage right now. Yeah. Hate Five Six, I told you about. Um, had a couple conversations with him on Twitter. Would love to get him on the podcast. Uh, hopefully that is in the works. Um, he, they did a, their show got canceled. Well, they did a set to an empty thing and empty, um, venue and live streamed it. Well, that would be pretty cool. And he was one of the guys recording for it. Yeah. And, uh, that's awesome. You don't, uh, that's in day and age of this technology. That's yeah. crazy, but that's unheard of, you know, hopefully, I mean, they probably didn't make any money off of doing it, but people still got to see what they look like live the world gets to see it yeah and i think doing that right there is going to get them so much exposure yeah from that goodwill too you know yeah so, exactly yeah like and this is just got you know coming all the way back as chris alluded to a few minutes ago is even though we kind of i think we both kind of are in the mindset of maybe this is a little blown out of proportion to some extent maybe driven by some media who i don't who knows? We're not going to be experienced theorists here, but at least take it serious while it's happening because we don't really know, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, and know. I'm not going to tell you to wash your hands because if you haven't been washing your hands before this, <laughs> you're disgusting. Yeah. Stay in your house unless yeah. you have to leave. Yeah, just do just, your best. And definitely if you have elderly folk out there. Stop buying toilet paper. Um, yeah, that's a big <laughs> one. Yeah, I have actually quite a few rolls. We bought this a couple weeks ago because we always buy in bulk. My wife was making jokes. She's like, "Hey man, let's head out to you it's know, currency, dude. Walmart, and be like, hey, five dollars a roll. Yeah, you know? man, that's the and new currency when instantly. the world collapses. We drop the ten dollars. <laughs> I know this is a complete tangent, and I know we probably got to wrap up soon. But I've always made jokes, like with friends and stuff, talking about zombie apocalypse and stuff. And I've always made jokes. I'm like, dude, the currency of the future is toilet paper. It <laughs> just is. I was like, just imagine, you know." Some cannibal dude with a hunting rifle, you know, better than you, you corners, you know, he's hungry, he's a white crap, butt. You know, and he's getting ready to finish you off. You're like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I got toilet paper hidden somewhere. I can tell you where that's at. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he looks at you and he's like, man, I haven't whopped it in about six months. It's pretty ranch. You know, raunch. Three ply, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, man, you're striking up deals, you yeah. make some kind of empire, you know, based off of toilet paper. Yeah, but this whole ordeal, man, and like I'll be honest with you, up until today with the wedding venue stuff, it hasn't affected yeah. me. So today I've actually had more of a thought on it and really yep. sit down and think, man, this is this is a real thing, whether or not yep. the the virus is as bad as they say it is, but the fact that it's affecting everyday life now, the schools are closed for yep. the next couple Two weeks. weeks. Yep. Some people are not going to be able to go to work because they can't afford child care yep. because their kids aren't in school. I don't know who's responsible for all this and who's the who's right, who's wrong, where it comes. All I know is it's getting serious. Yes. Just take care of yourself, stay in your freaking house, and if you do in your house for two weeks, it'll go away. You know and, what I'm saying? Yep. And for the future, I'm not any one to speak on this, but do your due diligence due diligence in voting. Um, even in I know that sounds crazy, but 
I, I, I truly believe some of this media stuff now is they, you know, bend truth, they stress truth, you know, don't give them your time. Don't give them clicks, man. Like, yeah, just I, things like that. Like, I know it, people get getting, upset but about But not even getting political, but stop giving every news outlet, Fox News, CNN, yeah. MSNBC, all of them, liberal, right wing, or I don't even know all the terms for it. Just stop. That's what they're, their goal is it, to know? keep you angry exactly and towards like because that all draws honesty, clicks your you know brethren on this planet like yeah. at the end of the day man we're all human we all look for social interactions like that show like for instance how many people in that show do you think were far left and how many think we're far right uh, probably a good bunch but none of them fuss no one gave two craps about it we were there for one common reason and we all enjoyed politics, it you know what i'm we saying we didn't care like, about that exactly and at the end of the day i know it sounds weird and it's coming through i think the majority of people even if you don't agree like they want what's best with their fellow human and there's just different paths they think is getting there yeah and i think people just need to understand that more and maybe you're against that path but it doesn't mean you have to call that person hate someone yeah like there's you know uncalled for more or less exactly but, I know it's a weird little rant, coronavirus. This podcast is getting serious. (laughs) Um, Another update with me, my parents finally finished building their house. They are um, on their way out. They're about 65% moved out, but my downstairs bedroom where they had been staying is going to be the new podcast studio. So we are down here in a makeshift setup right now, and I'd say it sounds better in here, a little less reverb. I need to do some treatment on the walls but i think overall it's going to be nice it's going to work out better um we have a nice little setup to come and record and talk about yeah. stuff that you guys don't listen to you know <laughs> all right i got a bunch of sick posters hanging up down here too yeah, okay man. we'll go around the room the first poster <laughs> to my right is a good charlotte poster that is, I bought my parents' house, in case you're wondering. I didn't just hang up a good Charlotte poster. This My brother <laughs> hung this poster up, like, I don't know, 15 years ago, and it's still there. And then you got a Dallas Cowboys poster. Yeah, a, I'm not feeling that one. <laughs> shut up. A picture of a Plymouth Prowler. Don't know why that's there. <laughs> and then sweet. some, uh, they're not posters because one is an album artwork, and the rest are printed off of the internet. <laughs> That's what you're gonna say. It's like <laughs> of the used albums. Which Dude, I you, love the used, so I'm print, about it. When you printed that stuff off, man, I don't know where you printed it from, but if it's like your parents, they'd be so mad because ink used to be, be so, so expensive. expensive. <laughs> and it's like That's yeah. my brother. This was his room. So like well, I mean, this is my room after he moved out. Yeah, no, like all this stuff in here, well, except for the sick rec league MVP trophies over there, those are mine. Um <laughs> but it's crazy coming down in this room now. I've owned this house for a year, and I've been in this room three times since I bought Shoot, it dude. because like that's where they moved their stuff. You put a drum set right there. Put some guitars in here, man. We get some craft yeah, sessions. But then we keep going around. I have a couple of North Carolina Tar Heels uh, memorabilia hung up. Go Heels. And then my favorite thing I have hanging in here is a uh, a tour poster from Under Oath when um, Lost in the Sound of Separation came out. Under Oath is one of my favorite bands of all time but they were on tour with under it was under oath every time i die which is honestly one of the best rock bands of all time they're actually just finished recording their new album pretty stoked about it poison the well great melee and the sun's a disaster if you've never heard them you're wrong uh dallas taylor who is the original vocalist of under oath was the vocalist for that band he's actually hurting right now he's a couple years ago he got in a bad accident so he's not doing any music anymore 
Um, but Maylene was sick. I'd never heard of him before so, that show. Who's Aaron Gillespie? Gillespie. Gillespie. Who's that? The drummer for Under Oath. Current drummer. Original drummer. He left. And now he's back. But he wasn't the original singer for the Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. No. Okay. So how many? The, the original Under Oath. Two. Aaron the was Spencer a, guy. Who's he? Okay. So the original lineup um, for vote for singing was Dallas Taylor was a screamer. Okay. Aaron was a drummer and singer. Okay. Dallas left after the first album when really? uh, Their Just Only Chasing Safety came out. Um, Spencer was a vocalist for that one, Screamer. Now, and Aaron was a clean vocalist. Well, now Spencer does a lot of clean yeah. vocals too. Uh, and but there was also on tour. Not, is he part of the band still? Did he come yeah. back? Yeah, he's back now. Has he always been with them? He left for a while and the drummer for Norma Jean filled in for him. Because Cause he was with the Almost. been doing the rounds. On other musicians' stuff. So, Treyu's latest album. Yeah. Um, he sings a verse on that one. Um, the new Silverstein. Yeah, he's on there, yeah. He's on that one. Um, so, I'm just He's curious. great, man. He, like, but he had the band The Almost. Okay. They just put out band. another album, too. Um, but yeah, also, okay. Advent was on that tour. That tour was sick, dude. It's crazy. Um, that's all the cool posters I have hung up in here. I'm probably going to leave them up, to be honest with you, just because yeah, it's like... Good aesthetics, you know? Yeah. Especially a good Charlotte poster. <laughs> now, um, I know before we wrap this up, going back to it, this is kind of interesting because going over the under us, because I was never really like a big fan of them, so I didn't know the ins and outs of all these members leaving. And I know we talked about this weeks ago with like how bluegrass you hear it more and you know people come in. It's not like a big deal that certain members leave, et cetera, et cetera. But I was listening to some, watching a bunch of four-year stuff before and after the show, and I think it was the 2012 Warp Tour. But they mentioned how they hated each other. Um, was it David O'Connor or whatever? Dan. Dan O'Connor. You're the one that told me his name. I mean, I can't remember. I looked names. it up, but it is Dan. Yes. I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm really bad with the names. But Dan, I think it's Andy or whatever his name is. But they, they hated each other. They said they like it was one of the hardest tours to get through. They just couldn't stand each other. They, um, you know, every time like after the tour, from my understanding, they said Vans is phenomenal because you have so many other great acts and great bands. You're hanging yeah. out with so many people. Like it didn't, I guess that maybe helped them get through because it weren't, it wasn't just them two maybe. But it was really interesting because it's actually an acoustic session on their new stuff that was coming out. And um, if you were VIP, you got the album early and you got to meet the band and they played a bunch of acoustic songs, like four or six, seven or eight, something like that. And they had Q&A during all of it, which would be really cool. Like I didn't even know this was a thing. And I, I'm assuming normally it's more local stuff, you know, where they're from mm-hmm. or something. Like if you ever get the opportunity to see that, like, you know, you're never gonna see like blink do something like that. You yeah, know? but um, well, there's a level of famous where you have to stop yeah. that. But it was you really know? cool, just like listening to them talk about it. How like, and when they got done with the tour, they were like, "This is it." He's like, "They didn't." They said they didn't end the band and call it quits, but they were like, "We're taking a break." Because and if you look at their albums, I can't remember the album. It's the second name. It's like this is infected or infected is on it. Maybe that's the album name too. But I think it may have came out on 11 or 12. And they didn't release a new one until 2015, which is We All Float Down Here. Really? And during that, after that Warp Tour, I think it was 2012 Warp Tour, that's when it came to an end. Like, they were just like... Did they talk about what how they reconciled? They don't say what the reasoning and issues was. Of course, it was conflicts of interest for the most part, from my understanding. Well, um, but yeah. they did talk about after the fact how, you know, they reconciled or closer than ever. Because it's funny, because they were like friends, you know, since high school. Yeah. You know, he was one of them was a little older than the other one, but they were friends. Um, 
again, kind of the same thing with like Mark and Tom, but yeah. as they mentioned, and also in the song, um, one of the guys was saying like, you know, you're not really married to these people and it's a different mindset because of that reason. You know, you're, you know, you can, I guess there's something in your back of your head like, well, if I'm done with this, I'm done with this. But it was, it was interesting. And they talked about how almost every band goes through this. Oh, I'm sure, dude. Again, seven months out of the year, you're on the same bus. Yep. You spend every waking moment together when yep. you're not around your actual family. Yep. Oh, I get it. Multiple personalities. Yeah, um, you're going to have rifts. Multiple demons, I guess you can say, that some may deal with others, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's just one of those things where, according to them, though, they got back together and it, they say it made them stronger for who they are. They seem like well, now they're writing the best music they've ever written. So, so. And that's what they said, too. They said it helped them write better music. Um, and the big thing that might be the divorce thing. That might be that song. They might have been talking about it, and but uh, one of them's like, possibility. I was like, "You're not leaving me," and he's like, "Yeah, I am." <laughs> but it um, it does mention how like a lot of these bands that we listen to and have listened to for years, they started out so young, not fully grown up, really not understanding the world and the whole, and then you're growing up through these band members and through these tours and through these experiences that are probably mind blowing if you really think about it. Yeah, and I can understand how it you know drives wedges and then. Again, some people, you know, see don't see eye to eye and whatever it may be. But uh, it's just kind of interesting. It made me think of that. It made me think of that interview. Because you see them on stage and, like, in all the interviews, it's always them, too. And you're like, man, they must be the bestest of friends. And like, at one point, they're like, dude, I hate you, you know? And like, yeah. You know? Well, I hate you, not? so it's okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, guys, it is 10 o'clock at night. I have to be at work at 5, or I have to be up at 5.30. We wanted to get this knocked out. We've been talking about it for a week and a half, trying to get time to get together, but schedule has been crazy. But we will get some out. We will definitely not let this three-week gap happen again. Um, but I appreciate you for listening. I'm going to bed. We will see you guys, or you will hear us. I don't I don't know. Just check us out. Yep. Go listen to The Conduit. Uh, their new album is fantastic. Um, go listen to them because I said so. And remember, be safe out there. Yeah, stay in your freaking homes. Bye.